I'm Carrington Vanston. And I'm Mike McGinnis. And this is No Quarter. Uh, paused again. And this is No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing well, Carrington. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing well, too. I'm digging playing all these arcade games. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> Click. <laughs> <laughs> so what's new, Mike Garou? Uh, not a whole lot. No. Um, it's been, been a quiet... Post Thanksgiving week, uh, I think the uh, tryptophan hangover is finally wearing off. Nice. Yeah, except that I don't eat turkey, so I guess that doesn't really count. But, oh, less yeah, nice. Less nice. Um, what about you? How are things up in Canada? Things are fabulous. I was monkeying around with my computer, though, as you know, so we're recording a day later than usual because uh, somehow I disabled all my USB ports. I assume this was not intentional. Oh, no, it wasn't. Ah. I was just swapping around guts inside the computer and gotcha. uh, clearly swapped something. I just took it all apart again and put it back together, and it worked. So, <laughs> I don't know. Just need to be aired out a bit, I guess. I guess that happens sometimes. It does. I also had difficulty with my little MAME machine. My um, oh, no. uh, controller seemed to get like slightly sideways, and I hadn't realized it. It didn't only make such a big deal, except it's an eight-way controller, and Dig Dug, it seems, which is the game we'll be talking about, mm-hmm. seems particularly finicky about making sure you're pressing straight up or straight down. So I actually had to uh, disassemble my controller as well and re-straighten it so that I could kick Dig Dug bottom. Yeah, sure. That's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I also got lots of tips from people. So my my gameplay did pretty well this week, I think. Yeah, you got to stop doing that. Either that, or I need to start asking <laughs> the people. Oh, I don't mind. I ain't too proud to beg, as <laughs> yeah, they say. I understand. I understand. So I had lots of people tell me how to how to like what to focus on and 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 what was worth more points and other t- things. I totally would not have figured out on my own. Yep. So my score got dramatically better because of it. Well, that's good. I thought so, too. Um, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But first, we have feedback. Yay. Feedback, you feedback. say? Yes. Uh, this week, um, we got an email from Egan Ford, who's written in a couple of other times. Uh, last time, you may recall that we talked about uh, the difficulties of playing Tron on a MAME setup because of the the unique joystick and spinner situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, Egan recommends uh, for Tron MAME, you can use a USB flight stick with a trigger. And for the spinner, you can use a trackball, mouse, trackpad, or keyboard. I recommend a trackball. He does say that there is no substitute for the real thing, and, and I agree with him. I did try that setup. I, I have a, a, an older flight stick style joystick, and, and I use a trackball uh, on my desktop. So I tried, and yeah, you can sort of play it, but it's it's certainly not the same thing. And, and I think I like the idea that, that you brought up that, that, you know, if we're going to play a game like that, we'll just go to the, uh, a local arcade and do it that way. I think you should buy me one, and then we'll just play it at my house. What, a, a, a Tron cabinet? Among the many cabinets, I think you should buy me, yes. <laughs> oh, well, I'll get right on that. Why don't you go out and, and wait in the driveway for your, the truck to show up? <laughs> Fantastic. I will be right down. You okay. have fooled me. Yeah, the, I think the problem there would be the um, the trackball part of it, because it, that doesn't really work like a like a spinner. I think he's right that there is no substitute for the, right. for the real deal. Are there any spinner controllers? You know, I've got a spinner controller, come to think of it. There was, used to be a, a USB-based standalone little jog wheel spinner for the mm. Mac that I used to use for video editing. I haven't oh, touched it in ages, but I bet you I have that in a closet somewhere. That might be fun to modify. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hacking project for carrying Yeah, no kidding. I, I actually have modified my um, the, the X-Arcade stick that we talked about last week. I modified that and put a, put a spinner in there, so I do have that spinner option. 
which nice. allows me to play games like uh, Tempest and, and mm-hmm. um, um, Arkanoid. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was also, while I was thinking about doing that hacking thing, I was thinking, do I want to hack that for one game? What else used a spinner? But you have now named other games that use spinners. Yeah, there's a few. There's not a whole lot. And it's it's tricky, especially with games like Arkanoid. You have to really go in and fiddle with the settings to get it to feel like the actual arcade setup. I, I remember when I first installed that spinner, it was it was crazy because I would touch it and it would go flying across the screen. Woo-hoo. Um, well, and like with, okay, so in the case of, of uh, Tempest, you can, if you spin the, and I, I may be wrong on this, but I, I seem to recall that if you, if you spin the uh, spinner and let go of it, the moment, as, as the momentum, the, the spinner keeps moving, your, uh, the movement is reflected in the game as you're playing it. Whereas with Arkanoid, the second you take your finger off the spinner, the, the slider across the bottom stops moving. Oh, really? So, yeah, there's, there's definitely some settings mm. that you need to fiddle around with to get a good spinner experience. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, I, we got another email from uh, Ken Gagne. Oh, Ken. Uh, yes. Ken writes in and says, uh, on the Centipede episode, you mentioned there being five arcade ambience tracks. I was so excited. I only had the first four. I went to Andy Hoffel's site today and found only four. Is there a lost track I'm overlooking? Really? Let me go look at the site. Hold on. It's got 1981, 1983, 1986, <laughs> 1992, and then Secret Year, Don't Tell Ken About It. Oh, whoops. Yes. Oops. Well, we, we blew that. Sorry. Ken, don't listen to this. <laughs> he is, yes, he is correct. There are four tracks, and the fifth one that we were seeing, I think, was the, the player software. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> if you look at the, the, the page there, there are five items, and I just went, oh, five songs, but there are actually just We four. don't promise accuracy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, no. And he also comments, the most overlooked, o- overlooked line in the last episode was Carrington's response to how easy it is to convert a centipede cabinet to millipede. Just add legs. Oh, Carrington, <laughs> you cut up. Did I say that? <laughs> I think you did, yes. Sounds like the kind of thing I would say, but I'm not sure remember saying it. But okay, sure. Yeah, just add legs. Why not? <laughs> I like so, it. I, I think that was the end of the the share. Oh no, feedback. we got more. Got did you did you get anything specifically directed at you? People hate me, but they seem to like you, so they just send stuff your way. <laughs> happens on on um, Double Take, my film review <laughs> podcast as well. I'll always get like thirty emails, and, and Sherry will get four, and she'll be all upset that I get all the email. I'm like, I don't know why they're emailing the guy instead of the girl. Don't ask me, man. I'm gonna cop a resentment. I think. Uh, Rich Thompson, he wrote in from Manchester, New Hampshire to say, oh yeah, he actually sent in a couple of things. One for, for our show here and, um, pointed me to a thing on inscrutables.com. Do you know that website? I don't. Well, you should go to inscrutables.com as should our listeners. And you should search for the words retro arcade machine because it's got a really long URL and we don't quite have show notes yet. So, uh, (laughs) just go to inscrutables.com and search for it and you'll find it. And it's a, it's sort of a walkthrough of how to assemble your own little mini MAME cabinet, like how to, not just the wooden bits, but how to wire it up. And we've talked oh, about this on, I think earlier on this show and uh, definitely on a Retro Convening Roundtable, we've talked about it a bit, how I've wired up a MAME cabinet. And it's far, far easier than people would think. These things basically just uh, snap together nowadays. So, cool. um, And this is a really nice example of like here, step-by-step, what you need uh, if you want to assemble your own MAME cabinet. I know somebody wrote in, as well, but I don't seem to have the email here. I only grab a segment usually um, asking how it is that we play. And I think we discussed it on a previous show, but I use, I think you do as well, um, 
uh, we're using MAME. So I use the MAME software yes. on, on, and at the moment I'm using it on using CoinOps, which is a front end to run emulators on the Xbox. I've wired an Xbox up to be mm-hmm. a, a standalone MAME machine. Yes. Wasn't a great choice and I wouldn't do it going forward, <laughs> but you know, every once in a while you have a piece of hardware and you just can't resist Frankensteining it. So right. that, once it's built, you know, it's easier just to stick with it. Yeah, I... And it's ugly. It's an ugly build. Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not good. Personally, uh, I use for for most of my gaming. I have an iCade um, mini cabinet. I love the iCade. The yeah. iCade is awesome. Yeah, I, I I throw the iPad in there and I uh, load up all my favorite ROMs in my jailbroken iPad. Um, and for special circumstances, you know, where we have to use a trackball, I also have a MAME installation on my Windows machine that I and I plug in an XArcade uh, dual or the um, or the trackball and mm-hmm. play that way. And it's interesting, in fact, that you mentioned that because I last night just upgraded to um, uh, my my version of MAME. I was playing on the 0.137 and I upgraded to 0.145. I love this software that's been around forever and it still starts with a zero. Right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I found that the save states didn't transfer over, so I, I lost all my high scores. But it turned out to be okay because I, I actually ended up beating my previous high score in Dig Dug. Oh, well, there you go. Yes. Um, and we'll get to high scores in a second. I'm trying to see. I've got some other ones in. What's interesting? Andy Malloy, he wrote in mm. and to tell us, uh, what do you say? I just have to tell you your story in the latest episode about the model arcade cabinet replica. Oh, hold on. This might be about RCR. <laughs> about too many freaking podcasts. You know what? It's applicable to us anyway. So, but the, I had um, picked, we do on, on Retro Computing Roundtable, we'll do each each time we do it, we do a uh, a retro computing um, gift selection. So sure. we have a gift guide over at rcrpodcast.com. And the latest one was these tiny little arcade cabinet replicas is what I selected. They're awesome. They're like <laughs> okay. six inches tall or so and really detailed. And so if you've got like Star Wars figures and you want them to have their own arcade, because totally, <laughs> they're like 20, 25 bucks, it's awesome. That's so anyway, awesome. he wrote in to say, just have to tell you your story in the latest episode about the model arcade cabinet replicas it was so amazing. I had to order Galaxian, Gravatar and Space Invaders on the spot. Nice. I'm definitely going to break out the Star Wars figures and get a mini arcade game. Uh, mini arcade going so well done andy even though that's really feedback for a different show but whatever hey it works here that's fine we're <laughs> sure, easy that not. way i can't always keep this stuff straight <laughs> or reply to anybody so you were just talking about how you bested your dig dog high score now i, I tweeted this is another week where i tweeted my high score because i was proud of it i thought <laughs> i did pre- i thought i did pretty well so um shall i go first and see if you how how well i did sure i, I want you to build yourself up here before i oh, knock you God. down uh-oh. <laughs> that does not bode well for Carrington. <laughs> so my score, and bear in mind I use lots and lots of help from our listeners, um, and with their help I was able to get <laughs> 60,390, 60390. Nice. That's actually a pretty oh. good score. Uh-oh. <laughs> Your nice <laughs> tells me that you bested me. I did, What'd you but, get, Mike? What'd I you did, get? but uh, not by that much. My high score, the, the second time, I, I played for most of yesterday evening and really annoyed my wife by you know, shirking my chores and played Dig Dug. <laughs> but uh, my high score was 72,370. I have been beaten. You have, but not too badly. No, not too. And in fact, I did far better in this game than I, I thought I would have. And I definitely did far better than I would have if I hadn't been given help. There's a lot of things you can do to uh, to oh, increase yes. your score. So should we talk a bit about gameplay and well, then get into how I increased my score? Yes, we will in, in just a moment because you, you mentioned something interesting. In that tweet. <laughs> By yes, we will. You mean no. <laughs> well, okay. Right. I, I, you you I did mention it. something interesting in that tweet that I want to touch on before we move on. How do you think the game is cheating? 
Um, well, it's just because I would die and it leaves your, I would find like when I started dying, like mm-hmm. I, I would do okay and I would get to like 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, whatever. As soon as I lost a man, I would lose all the men really quickly. Like you'd just be in a position that for some reason, this game would just decide, no, no, you've played enough. We're done with you, Carrington. <laughs> so I guess it's because like you're, as you dig out, your maze stays there and, and the guys are moving really fast. I don't know what it was, but I just really felt like there was something going on with this <laughs> game that as soon as it decided to kill me, that I, it did. And I would look down and think, okay, I've got a whole bunch of men in the bottom left corner. And then suddenly they're all gone. Like instantly. It was, huh. yeah, it was really bugging me. Well, yeah, they, because the maze does remain um, after you die that you dug out, and and the the enemies move a lot faster than you do mm-hmm. um, in the maze. I, I guess that would make sense that they could get to you quickly. Um, and they do. And they do. Oh, so, they do. So what but, is this maze business? Tell me about how. Imagine I hadn't played it. What is this dig dug? Well, thing let's go ahead and read about? from the. From the, the MAME info file, the history file, on Dig Dug. This game Great was introduced in 1990, or I'm sorry, 1982 by Namco. It is a one or two player game with a color raster scanned video display. The screen shows a cutaway view of the land, most of which is below ground. The player controls Dig Dug, the character who travels through and digs the tunnels in the dirt. The object for Dig Dug is to destroy monsters by pumping them up or dropping rocks on them and capturing vegetables. Gameplay takes place on the cutaway section of the land. The characters are Dig Dug and two monsters. One is a round orange monster with goggles called Puka, and the other is a green fire-breathing dragon named Figar. The underground area is divided into four different layers, uh, four different colored layers of dirt. Rocks are scattered in the dirt, and the sky is at the top, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so basically what you do is you have Dig Dug and you sort of run around the screen. And, they, and the, the bad guys start in, and they're pinned in these little tunnels. Um, and you have to dig to them and pump them up with, I always assumed it was air until they exploded. I know, it's such a weird attack. <laughs> it's, you it's, send a hose into them and you pump yeah, them up and they burst. It's, it's so a very, strange. It's a very odd mechanic. It's awesome. Um, but as you, as you move through the maze, you find that the... Bad guys only stay in their tunnels for a little while, and then they turn into ghosts and start moving through the dirt, and they come after you. Mm-hmm. And if they touch you, you're dead, and it's pretty simple. And it's kind of cool that you, you're making your own maze. Like, it is a maze game, but it's a maze game where you're manufacturing your own maze, that, which sure. is really neat. I don't know any other games that have that kind of mechanic. Yeah, that's kind of fun, and you can also use that to your advantage, because as as you're playing, you'll see these rocks that are buried in the dirt, and... You can, as you maneuver and dig, if you dig out a tunnel beneath a rock, the rock will fall. And if there's a, a, a monster that happens to be behind you and the rock falls on the monster, you get more points for crushing them with a the rock than you would if you just pumped them up with a hose and exploded them. Mm-hmm. And you get even more points if you get, get them two or three at a time. Uh, I, that was one of the tips I was given to yes. make sure you line up at yes, least two Because I, I think when you pump them up, you only get like two or maybe 400 points. Um, but if you crush one with a rock, you get 1,000 points. You crush two of the rockets, twenty five hundred, and I think if you get three, it's five thousand. If only... you get seven of them, you get twelve thousand. Wow! Did you ever I was... get seven? God no! <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky to get two a couple wow. times. That's, That's it. Crazy. No, I was just told to, to, that was one of the tips I was given is to to go for multiple guys because if you can kill two guys at once with a rock, you get twenty five hundred points versus wow. say killing them individually, you might have only got two hundred points apiece. Although that's another one of the tips I was given. Like you get. This is something I, I I played the game a whole bunch before I went on to Twitter and, and just begged for, for tips because I was doing so poorly. 
Um, something I didn't didn't realize. I can't believe that I played this game and played it and played it and didn't even notice this because the scores seemed to be kind of random. Like I'd pump a guy up and I'd get 100 points or 200 points, say. And sometimes I'd pump them up and you get 400 points. I'm like, well, was it a speed thing? I couldn't figure it out. And it turns out the four layers of dirt you're in, the colored layers that go, the deeper you are, the more points you get for characters. Yes. And I totally didn't realize that yep. actually playing it, though. So the, yep. And you get more points for the fire guy. What did you call him? Figar? Figar, so, yes. Figar can burst fire out, but only horizontally. So he's sort of more dangerous to the left and right. Right, because he doesn't have to actually touch you. He just has to be sort of near you to get you with the fire. Oh, I know that Figar. So you get more points if you burst him um, from the sides because you're sort of risking your face in the dragon. So it's right. much, much cooler. And, uh, you know, everyone wants to be cool and thinks you're dragons. So I learned about that. Um, that was news to me. And... Um, I think there was something else. Oh, and to go for the, the vegetables. Like, the vegetables oh, are yes. crazy points. And another thing I didn't realize, whenever I play games like this that have those vegetables in the middle, Namco loves those, hey, here's a cherry in the middle games, like like happens in, in Pac-Man. And like in Pac-Man, for me, it seemed completely random. Every once in a while, it's like, hey, look, there's a vegetable. Right. I never know there's why the cherries are appearing in Pac-Man. Pac yeah, or, like, here's some garlic and, like, right. there's some really weird ones that appear, watermelon and stuff. Yeah. Turnips. Like, yummy. Um, but, like, in most of these games, it, it seemed completely random to me. I was like, but it turns out you can control when they appear. When they appear is after you drop the second rock on a level. So, and I'm like, oh. So that, that gave me way more points because you get... Um, I don't know, you get a whole bunch of points for these things, like a thousand points or something at least. So if when when you're like going for the guys, if the last guy is running away, which we should talk about that whole yes. chase them down hunt thing, which is so bizarre. But when the last guy's going, you're far better off if you've got time dropping a second rock and going for the vegetable. So instead of getting just two hundred points for nabbing the guy, you'll get like a thousand points for the vegetable. And all the these are all the little tips that brought my <laughs> score in range of yours, yes. Mike. <laughs> Yes. Uh, okay. So to go ahead and, and finish um, finish out the game description here really quickly, uh, the game progresses by rounds. Round one starts with four monsters: one Figar and three Pukas and three rocks. The vegetable is a carrot. One flower on the surface top right of the screen represents round one. Two flowers, round two, etc. As the round rounds progress, the monsters move a little faster and are better at avoiding falling rocks. In each round, the last monster tries to escape. If he is not caught by Dig Dug, he exits on the surface. The game ends when all of Dig Dug's lives are used up. A player making, and and this is interesting. This was uh, the first game where I, personally, I ever encountered where you could drop in a quarter and continue the game. Mm -hmm. um, but this this game does have that. It's not just drop in and play. You have to hold. You have sixteen seconds. You have to hold the pump and start button at the same time. Um, and I think I don't know if it resets your score, but it, it does. Okay, so it for does. those people like myself who would think, "Hey, here's how Carrington can get the <laughs> higher right. score." Here's how Carrington no. can beat Mike. All it does mean is you start with the score of zero at a higher, faster oh. level that will kill you immediately. Oh, so that's not fun. I saw no advantage to right. you at all. Right. So uh, from a technical standpoint, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Dig Dug came with a Z80 main CPU at 3.072 megahertz, a secondary CPU of uh, the same specs, um, a sound CPU also a Z80 at 3.072 megahertz, and two custom uh, Namco 3-channel WSG sound chips. Uh, the screen orientation obviously was vertical, the standard 224 by 288 pixels, uh, with a 32-color palette. It's a two-player a two -player game um, where each player takes a turn. Um, to, to play, it's a four-way joystick and a single button to operate the pump. 
And supposedly, the, like, I played this in the arcade, but barely at all. And I knew it as an upright game. And supposedly it came as a cocktail as well. But I've never seen a cocktail version. Of I have this. not either. And I yeah. guess that there's... And, and what I was reading was on the cocktail version, there's a joystick at each end. And as you play, the game flips back and forth. Oh, sure. I remember that. A lot of cocktail machines were like that. And it would right. flip over. So you'd sort of sit head to head. Yep. I've never actually seen one of those. Yeah, things. I've never seen a cocktail dig dug. Um the current uh, world record holder, Donald Hayes, is in, in no danger from us. His uh, <laughs> high score was set on March 24, 2011, 5,142,500 points. Once again, an order of magnitude <laughs> higher than our yes. score. <laughs> yeah. Man. Um, so I, well, and the way that, the way that I found that, that, works, that seemed to work better for me was, um, like, like you said, you get more points for approaching these monsters horizontally, especially Figer, because you're, you get, there's more danger of being burned up. Mm-hmm. But... If you if you can't obviously if you come at them from the bottom, Figar can't burn you. And also, if you're digging a vertical tunnel up to a rock, um, you can you can do a you can build a there's a, a bigger chance of the rock falling on on the monster that's that's following you. Whereas if it's horizontally, he he has to be directly under the rock. Yeah, to, I started doing that, that as well to try to yeah. dig up below the rocks. Although, um, unlike your your you, you're not going to have any friendly fire from your pump, but the rock will kill you if it drops on you. He oh, yes. learned with yeah. experience. <laughs> it affects you oh, just yes. like it affects them. Yep. Another another tip I learned was to in where well, I learned. Huh, another tip I was told <laughs> was um, to it. When you start pumping up the guys, it takes a bunch of pumps to make them burst. But you can pump them up a little, so not so they burst, and then they'll slowly deflate. But you can kind of hold them in place. So if you pump them up a little, you can walk through them without getting killed. Mm-hmm. So you can get a few guys in a row. So you'll pump a guy up to sort of hold him there, waiting for his buddy to come in as well. And then you run up and release the rock, and you smash them both, and you feel really good about yourself. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, there, there are certainly ways to, to improve your gameplay in this, and, and tips like that help. Because I noticed that you know when I first started playing this game last week it's been 20 years i think since i last played dig dug um when i first started playing i would get to level nine or ten and still only have 15 20 000 points mm-hmm. you know whereas by the time i was done i was on level five and i was up to 40 45 points so uh, there's there's well, certainly smart better work. than me looking at the <laughs> screenshot i tweeted about my high score because i was so proud of it i got to uh round 11 is where i was with my my high score of sixty thousand and change so yeah so... It took me forever to figure out that the flowers like weren't a thing. No, <laughs> I kept thinking I could go. Like I, I knew that they were counting the levels, but the the bad guys would go up there sometimes, and I kept thinking, well, do I get more points if I inflate a guy with the flowers? Can I kill the flowers? Get, you, nope. you know what? The flowers nothing do nothing. All. No, they just indicate how far along in the game you are. Yes, and and they're just something pretty for Carrington to go in the corner and get killed by. So, <laughs> yeah, yes, that didn't much. work very well for me, yeah. alas. Although I did figure out that if you are pumping up people and you're walking towards them you'll pump them up quicker than if you just stand there because it right. sort of releases the pump a little bit as as you move um and so it's a way to pump them up faster yeah it's the, the whole pump thing is a very weird mechanic uh there are a total of 15 unique layouts in the game after level 15 layouts 12 to 15 repeat over and over in waves of four um after uh, after level 36 all of the enemies speed up even more the game does not award an extra man after 900,000 points. The game, uh, the game flips over again at a million. Uh, it's very easy to get a score of 999,990 by eating... Define very easy. <laughs> well, Whatever. what it says is by eating dirt for 10 points per section. At level oh. 256, the game begins with a, a puka on top, of, on top of the player. Wow. There is no way to escape, so the game is basically over no matter how many lives the player has left. Oh, so it has a real kill streak. So at, at level 256, you're done. 
Um, oh yes, I I was. <laughs> oh, and and you had mentioned something about uh, the the last character, uh, the last monster on the screen. I guess makes a break for it. It does. It's so cool. So when you kill the uh, when you kill all the monsters, the three of of the four, say the last one instead of coming at you tries to, tries to escape. So you're basically hunting it down and killing it, even though it just wants to run away. So it comes a little violent at the end there. Yeah, a little bit of revenge. <laughs> yes. Don't mess with my garden. Yep. So. It's a fun game. I really it, it like is, it. Yeah, I liked it better than I remembered liking it. I wasn't a, a big fan, you know, back in the day as a kid. But playing it now, this this has great gameplay. It's a really fun game. Simple mechanics, but really enjoyable. And like a couple of games we've talked about, it does seem fair. Like you kind of feel like you're in control. There's things that you can do to increase your score. Like I kept feeling like I could get better and better if I just worked at it a little. So it wasn't a particularly frustrating game other than those points. Like I was saying, how well, you lose one man and then suddenly you lose them all. Like it just well, it just tumbles. That only happens to you because the game cheats because you're character. <laughs> Could be. Well, I will cheat back. I will hack that hardware. <laughs> it knows how awesome you are. <laughs> how does it now? It's going to have to cheat to beat you. So. It's believing my yeah, breasts. So... <laughs> Uh, a couple of quick bits of trivia um, here. The main character of Dig Dug has a name in Japan, and I oh. hope I pronounced this right, Taizo Hori, which is a pun based on the phrase, I want to dig. Um, <laughs> I, looked, I noticed yes. how you were going to say in Japanese. And yes, well, up. no, I, I gave up on that. Uh, after the release of Dig Dug in 1982, Namco engineers went to arcades to watch their new game being played. They noticed that there were two different completely... I'm sorry. They noticed that there were two completely separate groups of people, one who enjoyed blowing the enemy up with the pump and the other who enjoyed beating the enemy by dropping the rocks on them. So there are two schools of thought on how you play that, I guess. Uh, The ones who wanted the higher scores and the ones who didn't, I guess. (laughs) That's right. Uh, There was a bootleg of the game known as ZigZag and another one that was... That was done on Galaxian hardware um, called ZigZag, all one word as opposed to the two words. Um... Excuse me, my voice is going. A limited edition soundtrack for the album was released by Alpha Records uh, in 1984. And it was was on the video game, it's called Video Game Music. And there was another one called The Best of Video Game Music, which was released in 1986. And apparently Michael Jackson used to own one of these. Michael Jackson used to own a million of these things. Yes. Um, I, on some, back to other podcasts we're on, there's some <laughs> other podcast that I'm on where we talked about on the internet, there's a th- uh, like a virtual walkthrough of Michael Jackson's personal arcade um, in his house. Oh, interesting. Massive, massive thing. And it's using the old QuickTime VR, like you can look around oh, neat. and yeah. jump from spot to spot. And crazy, crazy, incredible arcade collection. Um, just just mind-blowing. So uh, you have to look through the archives of all the podcasts I've ever been on, and you can find it. <laughs> I have no idea what show that was. All for. the hours and hours of podcasts. That you've <laughs> totally. Done. I don't know, but I, I know at some point I talked about it and linked to that thing somewhere. So, I don't know where. Uh, did you did you spot the thing in the in the default high scores? No, I, I did not. Ah, well, here's a bit of trivia that I spotted uh, when I when I got myself onto the high score board. Oh yes, oh yes, I did. <laughs> um, the default high scores. The first one is the initials are N dot N. The second one is A dot A, and basically they go down. So it's five default high scores, and they read down the word Namco. Oh, Namco, right? 
Yeah, yeah I, I think I do remember seeing that. I, I wasn't aware of it this time around, but that does sound familiar. That's kind of cool. I thought so. Too. Uh, the game actually does have an Easter egg built into it. You have cool. to you have to enter the service mode, which obviously you're not going to do if you're playing in somebody else's arcade. But if you happen to have one of these at home, um, you keep button one pressed and enter a sequence of joystick moves, and the copyright 1982 Namco Limited will appear on the screen. Oh, so it's not, not much of an Easter. Not very exciting, but I guess that's the way to get it to appear. Uh, the original Dig Dug was released in 1982. There were several follow-up games. Dig Dug 2 was released in 1985, and the next one uh, was released on PC CD-ROM called Dig Dug Deeper. And uh, in 2005, there was a Nintendo DS release called Dig Dug Digging Strike. The latter two I've heard of, but Dig Dug 2 I just had to Google because I didn't even know there was a Dig Dug 2. Yeah, neither did I. I'm just it reading. It looks from like the it's a top-down view, but hmm. wow, this is completely news to me. I guess in it and reading about it, it looks like it didn't do very well in the arcade. I Probably guess that's not. why we didn't know about it. Well, and it was 85, which is after the video game crash. I don't know oh, that there yes. were a whole lot of games that did well by then. Um, Dig Dug was ported to pretty much every console that was mm-hmm. available at the time and now, as and as well uh, on every home computer of the day. Looks like um, the Atari, Commodore, PC, Texas Instruments, Apple II, Fujitsu, MSX, NEC, PC, 8801, Fujitsu, Sharp, and Microsoft Windows. Very cool. Yeah. I had a um, an, uh, a Twitter interaction with a fellow named Daniel. Uh, I guess it's pronounced um, McLaughlin. Um, ta- I was talking, he was saying, uh, was was I cheating or was I using a combination of Wii controller and shovel and air pump? And uh, <laughs> I had said, that would be awesome. Like, there should be a bicycle pump version of this game that you actually physically have to pump up. Wow. <laughs> Though I would, I, I said I would, I would pass out by like level five. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but up until that point, up until the point that the, my vision goes into a tunnel, I would be having a good time. Yep. So as we talked about in the last episode, we're running a vague but interesting contest for people who want to play Dig Dug and tell us about it. You can send in your high score or just send in a screenshot or just tell us a Dig Dug story or just say, hey, I like Dig Dug. Give me a prize. Any of the, any kind of feedback like that will be good. And um, Rio Welding, a welding company here that I have a bit of a, a connection to up in Toronto, has agreed to pay for a lucky random winner. Um, to get you the complete set of retro video game propaganda posters from thinkgeek.com. So you can head over to ThinkGeek and um, check them out. So they are done in the style of old, uh, like, war-era propaganda. There's Dig Dug, one of them, but also Frogger, Tron, Joust, and Donkey Kong. So you can get yourself a free set of retro video game propaganda posters just by sending us in any sort of contact that says, say, the word poster or Dig Dug or what have you. Send it by email, send it by Twitter, send it by um, registered mail, or maybe registered pigeon. That would work. That works too, yeah. <laughs> and what we'll do is announce it next show now. Just to give people a heads up, we record on Wednesdays. So you've got to get, if you want to get stuck in the your name in the jar to potentially win, you have to make sure you contact us by Wednesday, December 5th. And uh, we will draw the name randomly on the next episode. Can I play Carrington? No, you cannot. Oh, man. I'm so disappointed. Um, so I, I guess that brings us to the end of our Dig Dug discussion. Carrington, do you have any uh, suggestions on what game we might play next? I do not. I leave the game picking to you. Uh, okay. Well, um, I'm going to suggest one that I've never played before, but seems to be a fairly popular one. How about Gravatar? Gravatar? Yeah. 
Do I know Gravatar? I don't know if you do. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, uh-oh. Describe Gra- Well, first of all, let's listen to a bit of Gravatar. Okay, so it's a shoot 'em up game, mm-hmm. and I don't know this game. I'm going to get destroyed. Well, me too. I've never played it before. It's from 1982, so I have had ample time to yep. learn about this so, game. How can there be a game from 82 that I don't even know? We will have no excuse. I have no. When I have we very turn little in, excuse. When we turn in pathetic, pathetic, and, and pitiful scores. Awesome, and it looks like it's a vector game. Yes. Well, we had a request for vector games before, we so did. you can't Egan, beat that. I love vector stuff. Yeah. Egan, there's your first vector game. This one's for you, Egan. Yeah, so I, I guess that pretty much wraps it up for this week on the No Quarter Podcast. It does. Thank you for podcasting with me, Mike. Well, thank you for hanging out with me, Carrington. Absolutely. I look forward to playing, and by playing I mean learning, about <laughs> Gravatar. <laughs> yeah, And I'm going to destroy you at it. We're going to get scores of four and five. <laughs> exactly, <I think>. yes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it'll be bad. Okay, everybody, have a nice week. Sounds great. All right. Bye. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Feedback can be sent to noquarter at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monster Feet podcasts, all the original material in this show is released to the public domain.